episode 155. Late Night Internet Marketing. This week on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast, I demystify all of this stuff around Amazon FBA wholesale because I think this is a business model you might very well be interested in. All this and more on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. The Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. You've been working for somebody else, but you want a business to run yourself. You want to know how to start and where to begin. Can you get out your comfort zone, my friend? Broadcasting late at night from a little studio in the big state of Texas, your host, Mark Mason. Hey, 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 how is everyone doing today? I am your host, Mark Mason, coming to you from an underwater studio in Dallas. It has been raining here for what seems like 10 days straight. I've got construction going on in my backyard, which has been at a complete stop and standstill We haven't played baseball for three weeks. I've got a team of 12-year-olds that's going absolutely crazy. And the problem is it's pretty much all my fault because when I went to the Free the Dream conference two weeks ago, I prayed for rain because I didn't want to miss any baseball games. And I knew if it rained, the baseball games would get rained out and I wouldn't have to miss my son's baseball games. Well, it turns out it looks like I may have overdone it just a little bit. We had 10 inches of rain here um, over the weekend, and it's just crazy. So I'm hoping the rain is coming to an end finally, and maybe we can make it through the week without any rain and play baseball this weekend. We've been getting some practices in, essentially in the mud, some indoor practice in the batting cage, but wow, it's been absolutely crazy raining here. I hope the weather is better wherever you find yourself. But here in Dallas, it's been just a little bit too wet. I have been taking advantage of the rain and I have a new thing that I want to tell you about and call your attention to. It's not actually done yet as of the time of this recording, but by the time you hear the sound of my voice, it should be done. I, through all the last decade of building businesses online and talking to people about that. The question that I'm asked the most is, Mark, where in the world do I start? I I heard about this internet business thing either on the web or on a TV show, and I want to start my own internet business, but I don't know where to start. And the problem that I see with that is when people are interested in starting a business, they sort of fall into the first thing that they run into. For me, It was blogging and AdSense, and then I kind of fell into affiliate marketing, and then I kind of fell into Amazon, but I didn't ever really start with a whole big picture. And so what I've created is an absolutely free resource for people, a a very nice video resource for people that explains how to get started online. It explains all the different business models 
and helps you understand how to choose the right business model for you. If that sounds good to you, it sounds like something you're interested in, you can find that over at latenightim.com forward slash start. That will take you to a simple video course that I have, and it is available absolutely for free. I encourage you to check it out just if you're interested in seeing the direction I'm heading, because the idea is I want to be able to once and for all help people get started on the right footing in internet business. I don't tell you exactly which business you should start because that's really a personal decision that you need to make, but I do tell you what framework you should use in order to start that business. And again, you can find all of that over at latenightim.com forward slash start. Now, one of those businesses that I talk about is Amazon Wholesale using their Fulfillment by Amazon mechanism, or FBA. And that's what I want to talk to you about this week on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. It's time to get to work building your internet business. One night at a time. Now, if you're like me and you need to buy something online, you don't even bother going to Google anymore. I mean, used to, you would search around on Google and try and find somewhere on the internet that was trying to sell the thing that you wanted to buy. But nine times out of 10, I just go straight to Google, straight to Amazon. I mean, maybe even 99 times out of 100. And why do I do that? Amazon has my credit card already. They have payment information is locked and loaded. I have the buy it now button. It ships instantly. Um, the one, you know, the one click purchase thing. I know I'm going to get it in two days because I'm an Amazon prime member. And I know that if I have a customer service problem, Amazon's going to take care of me. So they pretty much, at least in my household, have the market cornered on buying stuff online. So the question is, as internet marketers, how can we take advantage of that? And it turns out you can sell stuff on Amazon. We've talked about this a little bit before and also a little bit last week. You can create your own products and sell them on Amazon, or you can also sell other people's products on Amazon. And this method of selling other people's products on Amazon, this business model is often referred to as Amazon FBA Wholesale, where Amazon suggests that it's going to be sold on Amazon. FBA stands for fulfillment by Amazon, which means that Amazon's going to do the packing and shipping and, and take care of the customer for you. And the wholesale part suggests that what you're going to do is buy stuff wholesale and send it into Amazon to be sold. So you're going to buy it cheap and you're going to sell it on Amazon at whatever price Amazon is selling it. And you're going to make money. Amazon's going to take a cut for doing the distribution and the logistics and the marketing and you're going to pay for the product, and out of whatever's left, that's your profit. So that's the Amazon FBA wholesale model. So I was talking about this a little bit last week, and I got an email from a listener, and I really appreciate these emails. It's from Cliff Chisholm. Cliff said that he was glad I was back on the air, so thank you very much for that, Cliff. That actually means a lot to me. And said that his wife was interested in this FBA wholesale thing, and that he was going to try and get her to listen to the podcast, but no problem. I mean, I mean, he was going to try and get her 
to listen to the podcast, but no promises. And so, um, hopefully Cliff, she's listening to the podcast and Cliff's wife, if you're listening to the podcast, hello, this one's for you. So thanks for that note, Cliff. We're going to talk all about Amazon FBA wholesale today. So what you may or may not know about Amazon is that when you go to buy something, if you look something up, and right now I'm looking at the Zoom H4N Pro digital multi-track recorder on Amazon. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But basically, this is a multi-track recorder that a lot of podcasters use to record podcasts. So that that came to mind. I looked it up. It's $219. And on the right-hand side of the listing, I can see this. I see two buttons because of the way I'm logged in. I see an add to cart button. And I see a buy it now with one click button. That's the button I always mash. I can always choose to pay more to get it faster than two days. But if I just hit the buy it now button, I'll get a $220 Zoom H4N digital multi-track recorder delivered straight to my door by Amazon. And it turns out if you look at the listing, it says it's in stock. And it ships from and is sold by Amazon.com. That means that people at Amazon shipped, uh, bought this product from a wholesaler or directly from the manufacturer. And they're currently storing it in their warehouse. Now, it could also say, and it does also say, if you scroll down a little bit, that there are other sellers on Amazon. What does that mean? Well, it says that there, that I have 27, 27 different options for buying this product. I don't have to buy it from Amazon. And if I click on that listing, I can see that I can buy them used, but I can also buy them new from all kinds of different um, places. FP Logistics, Photo Savings, Liquid Audio, Dodd Camera, DJ Band Supply, and AVL Gear are all also selling this device on Amazon. All of those people have this for sale on Amazon. So the question is, why, who, when you buy it, who's going to ship it to you? And the answer is, whoever has the buy box. Now, this Again, this thing over on the right-hand side of the screen where the buy now button is, we call that the buy box. And whoever has the buy box, I'll tell you about how you get the buy box in a minute. Whoever has the buy box is who's going to get the order if you hit the buy it now button. So if you just search for the Zoom H4N, you hit the buy it now button, amazon.com itself, the people at Amazon will get the sale. But if you come back in a week, let's say that you decide to buy a second one, you might notice that instead of saying ships from and sold by Amazon, it might say something like ships are sold by Amazon, sorry, shipped by Amazon, sold by Liquid Audio. So Amazon's going to ship it or do the fulfillment, that's FBA, fulfilled by Amazon, but the person who you're actually having, who's actually providing the material to you, who's actually providing the product to you is Liquid Audio, this other company that you've never even heard of. 
And chances are you've bought all kinds of stuff from Amazon and not even ever realized that when you were hitting the buy it now button, these products were really coming from a third party. Maybe you've noticed that before and not realized what it meant. But what it really means is that this company, Liquid Audio, has purchased a bunch of these Zoom H4N recorders and sent them into Amazon and listed them for sale. And under certain conditions, they will be awarded the buy box so that when a visitor arrives on Amazon, instead of saying ships from and sold by Amazon, it will say sold by Liquid Audio and fulfilled by Amazon. That's what it says whenever they're in the buy box. Your experience as a customer won't be any different. You'll just click the buy button and a robot and literally a robot at, a, at an Amazon f fulfillment center will go get this Zune 4 in off of the shelf. They'll put it in a box, wrap it up, and ship it to you. It'll come with an Amazon receipt. You'll pay Amazon. As far as you know, the thing came from Amazon, but really the cost of the inventory and the act of placing the inventory in the Amazon warehouse was done by another company, in this case, Liquid Audio. So there's no reason that you... As a, as a normal person, can't take advantage of this. In fact, you can sign up to participate in Amazon FBA, and you can, within certain restrictions, essentially sell anything on Amazon that they're already selling just by registering, sending it in, and setting your price on Amazon. Now, the question is, well, how does Amazon decide who gets the buy box? When, when you go to buy a Zoom H4N and there are seven or eight sellers and all seven or eight of these sellers have these Zoom H4N Pro Digital Multitrack Recorders sitting in Amazon warehouses, how does Amazon decide who gets the sale? And it's interesting, Amazon has decided that basically what they do with some exceptions, is they rotate the buy box every time there's a new customer between qualified sellers of the product. So what's a qualified seller? Well, a qualified seller is someone who has the lowest price or something that's very close to the lowest price and someone who is going to deliver the product with prime delivery because that's a key customer care about inside of Amazon. So you have to be able to deliver the, the product with prime. And if you're using FBA, if you're, if you're a part of the FBA program and you've sent your stuff into an Amazon warehouse, it's automatically prime eligible. So everyone who's doing Amazon FBA wholesale is doing it using prime. And then you have to have a good seller rating. You have to have a track record of not, shipping the wrong item to customers or pretending that the item is something that it's not all that kind of stuff. You have to have good customer feedback. If you've got those things, then you're a qualified seller. If you, if you've got the best price or very close to the best price within a few pennies, you've got good customer feedback and you're in good standing with, you know, with Amazon, you can get the buy box and they'll rotate it around. Now, some people argue that, well, you know, maybe when Amazon is one of the sellers that they've got their thumb on the scale a little bit and they get the buy box a little bit more. But in cases where Amazon's not involved as a seller, when they're not 
also buying the product and using their own FBA and you're just duking it out amongst a bunch of other marketers, it's a fair rotation and you get your slice. So that means that if there are a thousand Zoom F4Ns or sorry, H4Ns being sold every month and there are five qualified sellers selling those every month, each seller, each of those five sellers will get about 200 orders, which is cool. So that sounds really great. So you figure out if, if the Zune is selling for $220 and you can figure out a way to buy them for $100 and ship them into Amazon, you'll have to pay the cost to get them to Amazon. And then Amazon will take a cut for um, a commission, like an affiliate commission for actually making the sale for you. And they'll also take a commission or, or a fee for the delivery and warehousing and boxing and all that stuff that they have to do. And then they'll return to you the difference between what the customer pays, $220, and those fees. So maybe they give you $140, you paid $100, and so you made $40. So that's how Amazon Wholesale FBA works. So that's fine. But the question is, how do you find these products to go sell and how in the world do you decide whether or not they're going to be profitable? And the answer is... Um, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward process. Really. You need to find wholesale suppliers that can sell that are, that are willing to sell you stuff. So in my case, what I did was, and what most people who are doing this do is I established a business for this purpose, or I, you know, use my existing business. If you don't have one, you establish a business and you approach wholesale suppliers and you say, hello, I'm a business owner and I'm an online e-commerce seller and I would like to buy products from you, Mr. Wholesaler, so that I can sell them retail. And this is done every day. I mean, this is what every brick and mortar business, every online store, that's the business that they're in. They buy things wholesale and sell them retail. That's, that's how product distribution works. So you're just another person in that, in that machine. And so the wholesaler, the, the sales guy at the wholesaler, he's in general happy to hear from you and would love to sell you a bunch of stuff in most cases. So what I do and, and what a lot of people who are doing this do is I ask for a list of all the things that they sell. And surprisingly, like if you find a wholesaler that specializes in, let's say, sporting goods equipment, they might have five or 10 or 15 or 20,000 products that they sell wholesale. You can imagine these big wholesale operations, giant warehouses full of cases of binoculars and, and tents and sleeping bags and hiking boots and, you know, all this kind of stuff, right? It's, it's someone who is in the wholesale supply business for sporting goods they're going to have brands that they've negotiated with a manufacturer and they're getting, um, you know, amazing prices because they're buying in super huge volume and then they're selling at medium volume to retailers. So um, to retailers like you. So I'm going to get this list back from this wholesaler, a spreadsheet usually, and it's going to have 15,000 items they have for sale the UPC code, the barcode that is usually on it in the store, and um, the 
the price that I'm going to have to pay. So let's say one of the things that they happen to sell, although this would be a little bit unusual for a sporting goods uh, wholesaler, is the Zoom 4N, H4N. And I I look on that list and I see that they will sell it to me for $100. And I look on Amazon and I see that it's selling for $220. And so I say, aha, I can make money on that. Now, what if my wholesaler has the Zoom H4N for $200? then the margin is only 20 bucks and that's not a good deal for me. By the time I pay Amazon, I'm losing money. So what I'm doing is I'm looking down this list of 15,000 items, one item at a time, trying to find things on Amazon that are selling well. And that's another component here. I need to, to have some estimate of how many Zoom, H, uh, Zoom H4Ns having a little trouble saying that I should have picked something easier as an example, how many zoom H four N's are actually selling every month? Because not only do I need to figure out whether or not I can make a profit on one, I need to figure out, get some estimate of how many to buy. Well, you can probably already imagine that going through each one of these items a bunch of times like that, you know, 15,000 items, and that's just for one wholesaler, that's not going to work. I mean, that's going to take forever. So as with most things, there's software out there that you can use and you can use this software in order to analyze this list, these lists that you get from wholesalers. And for every item on the list, it'll look it up on Amazon. If it's for sale on Amazon, it'll give you some estimate of how many are being sold per month. It doesn't know exactly because Amazon doesn't release that data, but it has the ability to make a decent guess about um, what the general sales behavior is for this particular product. And it will look at the price that it's currently for sale for. It knows the price that you would have to pay for it because that's in the list that the wholesaler gave you. And it knows the formula to compute what Amazon's fees are going to be based on the weight of the item and, um, and the amount of commission that they take and so forth, which is also based on the price the shipping cost, all that kind of stuff goes into that. And then it can tell you, hey, this would be profitable if you were to send these into Amazon. And I recommend that you send in 10 or 20 or 30. So software like this exists. And there are a couple of examples of this software. I haven't used a lot of them. I'll, I'll tell you why in a little bit, but I'll put some links in the show notes so you, show notes so you can look at some of the software that I use for this sort of uh, business, um, there's software available to do this because more and more people are doing wholesale. So I would order these items and I would send them into Amazon. And when it was my turn to get the buy box, assuming that I was a qualified seller, I had a competitive price. Um, the user, the, the shopper on Amazon would click the buy now one click button, or they'd add it to their cart. And when they checked out, I would get the sale, I would get credit. And in my Amazon account, in the case of this Zoom H4M Pro digital multi-track recorder, $220 would appear in my account minus the Amazon fees, the, the Amazon commission, and minus the fees for actually delivering the product to the customer. So in the example we gave here, maybe that's $140. I take my $140, the Zoom cost me 100 so I make 40 that sort of thing. 
Now, that's an extreme example. You know, the things that I like to usually uh, work on are things in a lower price range that have higher volume and you're making two, three, four, five dollars um, an item. So those are the things that I've been experimenting with. They also carry less risk. If I buy 10, $20 items, that's a different kind of risk. They probably cost me $10 a piece. So maybe I'm in for a hundred bucks. But if I buy 10, $250 items, it costs me um, 150 bucks a piece. I'm in for $1,500. So, you know, you can manage the risk of what you buy and send in to Amazon by understanding the price um, points that you're going to work at. I've also found in this business that the return rates on higher price items seem to be higher. At least that's my experience, that people are more willing to return a $250 item that they've had second thoughts about than they are a $12 item because the hassle of return, um, I, my theory is that the hassle of returning a $12 item is barely worth the effort that it takes. So that's the, uh, that's the way this works. And it's very interesting because what people say about Amazon FBA wholesale is that you can make, you should expect to make if you're running your business well, something on the order of 15 to 20% margin. So when it's all said and done and you've paid all your costs and you get your money back, what you should find is that you've made 15 cents on every dollar that you spend or 20 cents on every dollar that you spend. And I can confirm that I have definitely had products that make 15 or 20% or 25% even in some cases and more in a few cases um, return. So the margin has definitely been there. I've also had products where I made mistakes and I lost a few dollars on every product that I shipped out. You know, every, I had to, in order to dump the inventory, um, you know, I made a bad purchasing decision and I had to, um, I had to liquidate that inventory at a loss. The great thing is though, if it's a $20 item, a loss doesn't mean $20 per item. It means a nickel per item or a dollar per item or whatever you have to cut the price to, to dump the inventory. Usually you can just cut the price low enough um, to get it, to get it out of Amazon and get most of your money back and start again. So that's great. I have friends, online friends, people that I know that are doing this, that are running something on the order of $100,000 a month at 15% profit. And so it is possible to scale this up to ten dollars or $15,000 a month worth of profit um, in a pretty straightforward manner. I haven't gotten that high. It's something that, you know, I've been um, um, interested in, but you know, it's part-time on top of part-time for me. And, but even doing that, I was able to get up to three to $5,000 a month. The problem was, I think because I'm a little bit sloppy, I wasn't really able to ever get to much of a profit. I was able to easily break even, but getting to that uh, 10 or 15 or 20% profit, that's not something that I've been able to do yet. Now I haven't stopped doing this business but that's sort of where I am in my journey is I'm able to do it successfully, but not at the profit levels that would be necessary for me to find it as an interesting business. So here are some other kind of tidbits about this business. If you're thinking about it, it's really interesting. 
where are your costs? So obviously you have a cost associated with finding suppliers. I mean, the big name in this game is finding suppliers. And for me, the supplier work that I've done, a lot of it's been outsourced. As, as a lot of you know, I have excellent virtual assistant in the Philippines. She's done some work for me finding suppliers, and that's pretty effective. She's able to send form emails to suppliers and say, hey, I'm interested in buying your stuff and start the conversation, and then I'm able to finish the conversation. So she's able to screen them, and we work with shared Google Sheets and so forth in this constant and never-ending search for new and better suppliers. Um, that's a big part of this business because, you know, the marketplace is dynamic. And as you, um, as you go forward, if maybe you find a winning product where you're able to have good margins. Well, if five or 10 more sellers come on and start driving the price down over time, that product may no longer be viable. And so you're constantly trying to add more products, grow your product portfolio, grow the business. And as old products fall off, you want to add new products on at a higher rate. So from that perspective, this can feel like a little bit of a treadmill until you get some of that outsourced to people who can help you. I think it's a very straightforward process and easy to outsource. Certainly wouldn't want to start with it outsourced because you need to learn the business yourself, but that's something you can do um, as well. So that's the that's the wholesale part. That's the, there's some cost there. Then you've got the cost of actually buying the products, and you know you can start with as little or as much inventory as you want. My um, when I learned this, the recommendation that I got was to start with just a few pieces of each new item to test them out and make sure they really sell and move. So you don't want to go buy two thousand items of something and have them get stuck at the Amazon warehouse. You want to buy a handful, maybe two or three weeks worth of supply, two weeks maybe, and send them in and make sure they sell and that everything's good. And then when you reorder, you can start increasing the amount of reorder so that um, you never run out of stock and you're always in the game on that item. So you have the cost of the item as a cost. You have the cost to ship the item from the wholesaler to wherever you're going to prepare the items for shipment into Amazon. So that is uh, can be free sometimes because sometimes wholesalers, if your order is big enough, it'll include free shipping. Usually if you're making an order over $500 to $750, shipping will be free. So I try to take advantage of that and, and make those orders. Now, don't let that scare you. You don't have to start there, but you can definitely get to that level pretty quickly, particularly if you've got good suppliers, you can get to that level. Um, so you've got that cost. Then you've got the cost to prepare the products. Amazon FBA requires that each product be labeled with a special barcode. So you've got to apply those barcodes or pay someone to um, apply those barcodes. In my case, because I'm a part-time internet marketer, I have a, a third-party logistics firm that does that for me, and they will apply the labels and get them ready to ship into Amazon and pack them up and ship them in for 70 cents an item. So I just figure that into my cost. If the Zune 4N is going to cost me $100 when I'm doing my calculation, I assume it's going to cost me $100.70 because I know I'm going to have to pay this third-party logistics company money to deliver this product um, to, uh, to Amazon. And then I need to pay shipping into Amazon. I need to pay Amazon a fulfillment fee, the fee that they're going to charge me in order to deliver the product to the customer and warehouse it and all that stuff. 
And then I need to pay Amazon their sales commission for actually doing the marketing to get the thing sold. So by the time I do all of that, um, you know, that can be a pretty significant thing. So I've got to do that calculation very carefully and make sure that once that's all done, I've got enough room to handle the other variable in this business, which is the fluctuation in price. So that's the other really interesting thing about um, Amazon is that the price of things, a lot of things changes. And in fact, you can see this. There's a really cool um, website and Google Chrome plugin called Keepa, K-E-E-P-A. And you can plug that into Chrome and it will show you what the price of something has been over the last six months or a year. Now, consumers use this to set alerts. So, you know, the price of something on Amazon is changing every day. Usually when there are multiple sellers competing on price, you'll see that in order to win the buy box, sellers will reduce their price and then they'll be the lowest price and they'll win the buy box more often than somebody who has a higher price. Now, of course, what happens typically is then the other sellers will come down to that price and then somebody will sell out and another seller will realize that and they'll raise the price because the competition has gone down. So really it's a it's true microeconomics supply and demand sort of thing with people fighting back and forth. And so these prices are changing on Amazon all the time. And that's a really interesting part of this business. And you can see that kind of activity by looking at this tool called Keepa. And I'll put a link to Keepa in the show notes as well. So you might be asking, well, Mark, if I've got, you know, a hundred products or a thousand products, how do I keep up with the price changes and how often do I need to change the prices? Well, it turns out you need to change the prices maybe every 15 minutes and like most things in life, there's software for that. So these are called repricers, and there's a, a vibrant software-as-a-service community that provides different kinds of repricers. The, the repricer that I'm currently using is called informed.co. I also am looking at Be Cool because that's a lot cheaper. I'll put links to both of those in the show notes. But basically what that does is you give it rules for how it's allowed to reprice how low it can go, how fast it should go there and so forth. And, um, it watches the price of your items that you have in inventory every few minutes. And if your competitor changes the price, it will change the price as well with the goal of trying to make sure that you get your fair share of the buy box. In fact, the metric of success with these repricers is how, is what margin are you able to get and how often do you win the buy box? And you can change algorithms. Maybe you want to move product as fast as possible, or maybe you want to move product with the maximum profit possible. There's lots of options for the kinds of things you can do, but these repricers are part of this as well. There's also software you can get for accounting. Um, there's also, I use Fetcher, uh, which I will also put a link for that in the show notes to kind of keep track of the profit per each item. So I can tell when it's time to reorder whether or not the item is profitable. And then um, the final thing that I um, software that I've been experimenting with is inventory software. So there's um, software. Once you get a lot of inventory, if you have a hundred or a thousand or 10,000 items, 
you might want some software to help you understand what to reorder and when and how much. And so there's software that does that. And I've been using Forecastly to do that. So I'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes. But basically, the fundamental thing here that's very interesting about Amazon Wholesale FBA is that it's really pretty straightforward. You buy stuff at a great price. You analyze the data on Amazon and you send that product into Amazon and Amazon sells it for you and you keep the difference. It's just like real retail. Uh, what real retailers are doing in the store down the street from you, the only difference is you're doing it in Amazon store. So that's pretty interesting. I hope that is helpful to you. And if you have questions about Amazon FBA, I'd be happy to try and answer them. Of course, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for a while. Um, I'm not the world's leading Amazon FBA ninja because I'm still trying to figure out how to do this part-time and maintain the right kind of profitability. But one of the one of the questions that I've been asking myself, and and I'll I'll leave you with this thought is, can you buy a swimming pool with an Amazon FBA wholesale business? And I, I this is a funny question because you know my kids want a swimming pool. It's hot in Texas, and swimming pools are expensive. I don't, I don't know if you've priced an in ground swimming pool, but here in Texas. If you want an in-ground swimming pool with a sauna uh, and uh, or a spa rather and a uh, and a pool, it's going to cost you a lot of money. It's somewhere going to be somewhere between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars, just as a broad range. So let's say let's say that you decided to do that by taking out a loan. Now I don't recommend that you do that, but just for the purpose of this discussion, let's say you're going to borrow. Um, $75,000 at 4% for 20 years. And that's going to cost you, let's say $750 a month. I don't know. I, I don't have an amortization table in front of me, but it would probably, your pool payment would probably be 400 between 500 and $750 a month. So just for round numbers, let's say it's going to cost you $750 a month. Well, in order to make $750 a month. I, I We talked about the fact that um, you, you might be able to run 20% profit margin. So in order to clear a pool payment of $750 a month, you would have to sell five times that in inventory. So that'd be, let's just in round numbers, let's say you'd have to sell $5,000 worth of inventory of Amazon inventory um, a month in order to make enough money to pay for a swimming pool loan so that your kids didn't have to go to the community pool. <laughs> so that's kind of what we're talking about here. The reason that's a, an interesting story to me is because there's this very famous story of John Lennon wanting a swimming pool. And so I often think about this um, when I'm thinking about businesses John Lennon, apparently, you know, the legend has it, he wanted a swimming pool and he didn't have the money for it at the time for whatever reason. So he wrote a song and the advance that the record label paid him for that song, he used that money to pay for his swimming pool. Like he wanted the pool, he needed the money, so he wrote a song and bingo, he had a pool. Internet marketing is a lot like that. 
you want a pool, you start a business, you get the money, you, you bingo, you, you have a pool. And, you know, Cliff Ravenscraft was just telling the story on his podcast the other day. He, his wife wanted a car and he put together a course and sold the course and used the money to buy the car. I mean, so those kinds of amazing, miraculous things are really possible. And this Amazon FBA wholesale business seems like the kind of thing that, that you might want to do that with as well. So if you want to ask more questions about Amazon FBA wholesale, please check out the show notes at late night internet marketing.com forward slash one five five. That'll take you to the show notes for this episode. And let me encourage you to go to late night. forward slash start. That's my new absolutely free. No questions asked, no strings attached introduction to internet business course. I'd love for you to check that out and let me know what you think until next week. Ciao. You can do it right when it's late at night. You've been listening to the late night internet marketing podcast. Be sure to visit late night today to leave feedback for Mark, download special bonus content, access the show notes and more. See you there. Until then, until then go and make some great progress on your internet business. One night at a time. One night at a time. Okay, so one of the funny side effects of this Amazon FBA business is that you end up selling or potentially selling the craziest stuff because what you're doing is you're taking this list of 15,000 items, running it through software, and if the software says it's profitable, then you consider selling it. And just to give you an idea, if I typically run a list of 15,000 items, I will typically find that maybe 30 or 70 of them are potentially profitable. So, you know it's a, it's a pretty picky sort of process because you're only really targeting the items that you can make money on the ones where you're priced out of the market because someone else has a really good pricing. You don't worry about those. So you end up seeing the funniest items. And I made a lot of money selling antler toilet paper holders. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it turns out that you can buy a toilet paper holder that is made from or is in the shape of a deer antler where the toilet paper hole it hangs on the deer antler and you mount that to the wall next to the toilet. This is what internet marketing has come to. Deer antler toilet paper holders. I'll link to the deer antler toilet paper holders in the show notes. Late night internet Hey, it's Mark again. I wanted to tell you one more time about this absolutely free resource that I have for helping people who are trying to get the big picture for internet marketing actually get started and understand what all their choices are. If that's not you, there's no more content. You can skip to the end. But if you're someone who came to this podcast because you're searching for how to get started online 
and you just can't cut through all the noise. I, I get it. That was me in 2007 when I was trying to get started. There were so many people throwing offers at me that I really couldn't even understand what all the different business models were. I couldn't understand how money moved around on the internet and I couldn't really get a grip on what direction I wanted to go in so I could figure out how to move forward. I've created a free video resource for you just for that purpose at latenightim.com forward slash explain. In several short videos, I just explained to you what internet marketing is all about and what online business is all about and the different options that you have for starting an online business. There's nothing to buy there. You just sign up for access and you get the videos just like that. So if that's interesting to you, or if you know someone who's in the same situation, send them that link, latenightim.com forward slash explain. And let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what people are thinking that are in the exact same position that I was in more than a decade ago in 2007. In some ways, it seems like yesterday. And in some ways, it seems like an entire lifetime ago. Again, that's latenightim.com forward slash explain. Late night internet mind.